Amen. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 through 19 says this, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? He says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Amen. Let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we just come to you right now. And I turn this entire service over to you right now, Father. We ask that your spirit be here, Father God, in this place. Fill this place, Father God, with your spirit, Father, that breaks every anointing and brings freedom this morning, Father God. Father, we just thank you for that right now. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone says amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
that you would go to the ends of the earth if they were hurting. You would do anything in your power. You would die for them, for your own children. Amen. How much more his love for us as his children. How much more, you know what it is, we can't fathom that. Because it says our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. He loves you in a way that we don't even understand. But it's not meant for us to understand. We don't have to. Like it says, he will leave the 99. If it's just you. God runs to brokenness. If you need God to just come and take over your brokenness, your hurt, your fear, just lay it down at his feet today and give it to Jesus. As he says, give and place your burdens to me. Bring me your burdens. They're not meant for you to carry. For you they are heavy.
blessing I am surrounded.
want to hang clap of praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many is expecting God to do something in your life this morning? Come on. Come on, you believe. You will only receive what you believe for. You hear me? You will only receive what you're believing for this morning. Oh, Father, we just thank you so much for your presence here this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Hug your neighbor as you take your seats and want to dismiss our kids to their class. If you would, get your notes out. Um, I want to go right into this message this morning, and we're going to be having a time of prayer. At the end of the service, we're going to invite you to come on up and let us anoint you with all and pray with you, because God's going to do something here today. Amen. Well, y'all don't want him to? I said, God's going to do something here this morning. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Y'all clap louder for LSU than you clap for God. That's not right. That's not right. Yeah, I want you to be more excited about God than LSU, okay? And more about God than any other thing in the world. Amen. Uh, this message uh, entitled Freedom Through, Through Christ, God had started dealing with me about it a couple of weeks ago. And then this week in prayer, toward the end, God dropped in my spirit this word that was for this weekend, breakthrough. That somebody needs a breakthrough this weekend, and God's ready to break through in your life where you've been going through. We have freedom through Christ, and God's going to bring breakthrough in your life this morning. Amen? So uh, who's going to receive that word this morning? That it's going to be your breakthrough this morning. Amen? Remember, uh, another thing said, you will receive what you believe. You will receive what you believe. And I'll go to the woman with the issue of blood. Remember, she said, if only I could touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. In other words, she believed that if she touched his garment, she would be healed. How many of you know that when Jesus was walking down the street that day, there were hundreds, if not thousands of people all around him touching him? But only one received because only one went believing and seeking him for something all the others came and they were excited oh jesus and they were all excited and even when jesus says who touched me his disciple says what you mean everybody's touching you but jesus said there was something different about somebody in here it was the one who was believing is the one who received so if there's something in your life today, I want you to understand that God's got a breakthrough for somebody here. But more than whoever believes for their breakthrough today, I believe God's going to deliver. Amen. So I want to just bring up uh, scripture, Isaiah uh, chapter 43, which is our call to worship this, um, this month. And uh, this is kind of when it started, when he gave me this scripture for our call to worship this month, this is kind of when this message started coming together. And so let's just go to the Lord in prayer right now as we get started. Father, I just come to you today, Father, and I just lift up every single person in this place right now. Father, I just ask that as we get ready to study your word, Father God, 
that every deaf ear be open to your spirit, Father God, that every blind eye be open to your spirit, Father, that every heart and heart be softened to your spirit today, Father God, that every mind be able to comprehend your word today, Father God. And we just thank you for that. Satan, you have no place in this service right now. You are a liar. You are the father of all lies. We bind you off of this service right now. Any distractions that you would try and throw this way, because we are children of God. We have been set free. We have life. We are to have life to the full. And it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So today we're going to shake off those heavy bands and lift up those holy hands this morning, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says amen. Let's put our hands together. Amen. 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 Uh, Susanna, if you wouldn't mind turning off the, the French, my French fry lights. I, I get sunburned up here with those lights on. Hey, there we go. <laughs> I, don't, I, I need glasses to read, but I don't want to have to wear sunglasses so I can see. Amen. But notice what it says here. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Now, I see we started that this morning when I asked who remembers what we I talked on two weeks ago. We forgot that, right? But you know, he's saying it's dangerous to live in the past. It's dangerous to be hung up in the past. It's dangerous to go through life always, I'd say, driving, going driving down the highway right now, looking through your rearview mirror more than you're looking out your windshield. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. And, you know, a lot of this comes down to, you know, different things and bad things and horrible things that happen through people's life, hurts and habits and hang-ups that we have in our past, and we get hung up on that. But I want you to know that when Christ freed you, he freed you from all that. All the sin in your life, every past sin you've ever done, he wiped it as far as the east is from the west. And what he needs you to do is to begin to shake those things off because he forgave you for it, all right? So he says this, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Uh, next verse says this, in verse 19. Verse 19. Oh, oh D, okay, D, I'm sorry, they, they're one short right now. You got it, D? It says, see, I am doing what? A new thing. How many of you want God to do a new thing in you? A new thing for you? You see, when you get saved, you're... It's not that you're going to live your life and continue just all that. God did not intend for you to struggle and barely make by and barely get by. He says you are no longer in bondage. You are no longer in slavery. You were once dead. Now you're alive. I am doing a new thing. So the old is not going to look like the new. You hear me? The old does not look like the new. So your life in this, this newness, he's doing a new thing for you today. Amen. And then it goes on to say, Behold, I do a new thing. He says, Now it springs up. He says, You do not perceive it, but I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams and the wastelands. So as we, we begin with that, I want you to understand. Let's look at Romans 8, 1 and 2, which is on your papers right now. It says this, Therefore, I love when I, when I read that word, therefore, I always think of this is why it's there. This is therefore to tell me, to tell me something. I want to pay attention to this. Therefore, that's why it's here. It says, therefore, there is what? 
What's that next word? Now. See, this is a new thing beginning. There was condemnation. There was guilt. There was your old past. But there is now a new thing. Once I accept the Lord as my personal Savior, there is a new beginning. So now there is no more condemnation for who? Those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who accepted him as their Lord and Savior because, and here's our title, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has, circle that word, has, has, it doesn't say will, in the future, it says he has set you free from the law of sin and death. So begin to think about this. Because through Christ Jesus, freedom through Christ, we have freedom through him because of Christ Jesus. And I want to mention the, the way it says there, you know, you say, well, why does it have Christ Jesus instead of Jesus Christ? Well, uh, part of it is you need to understand, and again, these are for newer, newer people, Christ was not Jesus' last name. Christ is a, a title of authority given to him that would actually meant the anointed Messiah. So the anointed Messiah and then the name Jesus. I love this. The anointed Messiah, the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing brings freedom. The anointing brings salvation. The anointing brings everything. It is not by might nor power, but by my spirit. And that anointing changes everything. The anointed Messiah, the Christ. Jesus, the Christ. And then it says Jesus. How many remember why his name was Jesus? Why didn't call him Joe? Remember when the angel appeared to Joseph? He specifically gave a title to him. And uh, you can put that up, uh, Matthew, Matthew uh, 121. It's on your papers there. It says, she will give birth to a son. It's speaking to Joseph. And you, you are to give him the name Jesus. It was specific. You will give him the name Jesus. Now, Jesus is the Greek uh, translation of the Hebrew word for Joshua which means the Lord saves. So the anointed, or the Lord delivers, however you want to look at it. He says, uh, for he will save his people from their sins. So his name and title tell you the character of him and what he does, what he's anointed to do. So he is the Christ, the anointed one who has the power and authority to break those chains to set you free so that now their new beginning, there is no more condemnation. In other words, what used to be, don't dwell in there. It's because it's not no more. In, in God's sight, it's completely gone. The problem is the enemy makes us remember. We don't let go. Think about that. How come we can remember... We, we, we can remember those negative things because reality is hurts and things that we're going through life. But God wants to, I'm going to show you today that God wants to heal you of all those things through Christ. So you could be set free, so you could be made whole, so you could have life to the full. It says he has set you free. Uh, so let's go back to uh, Romans 8 verse 2. Because through Christ Jesus... The law of the Spirit, remember the Spirit who gives what he gives? Life. And then that word says, has set you free. Do you know that everything you need in life, Christ already paid for on the cross? 
Salvation is for everyone that's ever been born if they receive the gift from God. Think of it. He has set you free. Christ already done what he needed to do to set every sinner free. Those that have not accepted him, Christ already paid the price. It's not that if a lost person accepts Christ as their Savior that he goes back to the cross. You hear me? He only had to go to the cross once for everybody, but it's for, so he has paid that price already. It's only for us to believe and receive and walk in it. So let's jump to John 8.32. Jesus says this, Then you will know the what? Truth. And the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. No longer shall we believe the lie of the past. Oh, brother Scott, but you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. The truth is that he has paid and set you free from that past sin, from that past bondage. The truth, who is the truth? Jesus. Jesus says, look, uh, quickly we'll go to John 14, 16. Jesus answered, I am, and this is where I always tell you to focus on this. Notice what he says, I am the way. He doesn't say, I am a way, as if there are more than one way. He says, I am the way. And then he says, I am the truth. Is the truth that sets you free. He is the truth. He says, and, and the what? The life. So he's not a way and a truth and a life. He says, I am the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. So I need to understand, I need to believe what the Word of God says about me. There's too many things we hang on to that we're looking back that God's saying we need to shake those things off. Let it go. Let it go. God forgives you, so you need to begin to forgive yourself. Don't let the enemy keep holding you in bondage on this. Walk away from it. Let it go this morning. Now, <coughs> 2 Timothy 3.16. This is the message paraphrase, but I love the way it says it here. He says, every part of Scripture. You hear me? Every part of Scripture. And this is where I always say, uh, we live in the New Testament times and things, but the Old Testament is... is still true in, in the principles. The Bible from Genesis to Revelation is a timeless truth and principle that we live in our life, all right? So he says every part of Scripture is God-breathed, and what, did, what happened when God breathed into the man? He came to life. When God spoke things into existence, when you speak, it's out. It goes out. God's breath produces life. God's breath produces life where there is nothing. He makes a way where there is no way. He says, every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another. And notice what it says. It's to show, it shows, showing us what? Truth. Because we believe too many times the father of all lies. We believe, how can God forgive me? How can God set me free? How, how can this? I know, I, 
listen, that's what strongholds are, mental mindsets that you're believing something, but you can't help but believe it. And that needs to be broken today. You need to be set free from that negative mindset that, oh, it's always been this way. You know what? That's looking in the past. He's saying, forget that it's always been this way because I'm going to do something new today. Somebody's going to have a breakthrough today that all that junk in the past that you just keep remembering and keep focusing on is going to go away. We're going to let that loose and God's going to have something new for your life today. So it's showing us truth. So let's, let's look, go back up a second. You will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Okay, that is the truth. Now, you can argue with it all you want. You're not right. But can I tell you, you're only going to receive what you believe? So if you don't believe God could set you free and heal you in these areas, you won't. You can stand in front of them and dance all you want and be excited as you want. You could stand in his presence all you want. They were all around Jesus. They were all in his presence. But only one received because only one was believing she would receive. It shows us truth and then it says exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. In other words, he's trying to correct your stinking thinking. All the, the, no longer conform to the pattern of this world. All that old life that he's saying, quit thinking about that, that it's always going to be that way. And you know, oh, I never could catch a break. I'll never, that's thinking, thinking. That's living in the past, living in the rearview mirror. And guess what? If you're going down the road all the time looking in the rearview mirror, you're going to crash. You're never going to make it to the destination where you're supposed to be going. Right? When the nation of Israel was coming out of Egypt, what happened? They constantly kept looking back to Egypt. Oh, well, oh, well, it was this way. Oh, it was that way. God provided everything they needed, and God wanted to take them to the promised land, but their stinking thinking kept them from reaching it. Verse 17, uh, through the word we are put together and shaped for the task that God has for us. So God's word, we need to begin to take every thought captive. The Bible tells us to take every thought captive. When I begin to look back and believe that old stronghold, that old lie, I need to take that thought captive, bring it to the word of God, and see that God's word says something different about it. And begin believing that. Luke chapter 14, verse 16 through 21. He went to Nazareth, this is Jesus, where he had been brought up. And notice what it says here. On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, which was, as was his custom. On the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. You know what that tells you? Jesus went to church on the Sabbath. Jesus went to the house of worship, the designated house of worship on the Sabbath. You know, and I don't want to get into that, but I'm going to say it. You know how many people always say, oh, but the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We are the body of Christ, which we are. Oh, I don't need to go to a church. We are the church. That's not according to Scripture. 
We need to meet together. The designated house of God. If anybody could have said that, look, the Holy Spirit is living in me, I think it would have been Jesus. See, the enemy has a way of making you believe a lie. You don't need to be around other believers. Again, we are the body of Christ. We, are, we do go out, and you should be out in the community ministering. But Jesus ministered in three places. He ministered in the house of God, the designated house of worship on the Sabbath, as was his custom. It wasn't a one-time thing. Do you know Christ came to set the example of how we are to live our life? Right? Okay? So then we see that Jesus also ministered in, in private homes, where, where you meet together in homes, maybe have a Bible study, do something, just minister there. And Jesus ministered in public. Those are the three arenas you need. Jesus done all three. We need all three in our life. Okay? So then he goes on to say, so he went to the Sabbath, uh, as was his custom, and it says, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Okay? And it says, unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. Now, it says he stood up, and in a little while, you're going to see that he sat down. Uh, just to let you know, it was custom in those days, the person reading the word of God through a scroll. Um, I, what, you think it might have been an iPad he had because he was scrolling? <laughs> no, but... Back in those days, they didn't have the Bible we have. Okay, the, 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 it was written on scrolls that they went out and, and they found. That, and even our translations have, uh, like every chapter has uh, several chapters in it and verse numbers. They didn't have all that. It was just, that was put in to help us understand and break down where we could find things. So he, opened, he was handed the scroll of Isaiah. It doesn't say he asked for it. I think God was already moving and God knew what he was doing and he was bringing it out. So he was handed that and when he got up to read, it was custom because it was reading the word of God. The person reading would stand as they read. And he says, unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. And I put in parentheses for you, he's reading from Isaiah, which we know as chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. It says, the, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because, circle that word because, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That word because lets us know it is the purpose of. The spirit of God is on me for this purpose. And then he says this, he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor he, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight of the blind and set the oppressed free uh, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and then he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened to him, and he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture, which he had just read to him, is fulfilled in your hearing. And I think if he would have had a mic, he would have done mic drop. Boom. So what I want to talk about, and we're going to go back in this, but I want to talk about the five ministries of Jesus that he read about right there, the purpose that he came. And when I say the five ministries of Jesus, there are more. And again, the word ministry means to... Uh, to give aid to where there is a need. Uh, Sister Glenda's a nurse. You know what she does to the patient? She ministers to the patient 
by giving aid to the need that they have. So in other words, Jesus, that's why I love the name of God, that I am that I am. Whatever aid you need, he is that, uh, he's there to minister to that need. He is to bring aid to that need in your life. So these are just five primary things that work together, and there's many more, but this is what he basically said. Number one is salvation. <clears throat> and as we write these down today, I want you to think about and listen to what do you need a breakthrough in. If any of these that you need a breakthrough in, I want you to understand he says, I have come to do this. And he says, today, right? That day, from that day, this is what was happening. He says, so, so salvation, <clears throat> and this is where it breaks down from to proclaim the good news to the poor, where he said, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So he says to proclaim the good news to the poor. He wasn't talking about monetarily poor. He was talking about like when he talked in the Beatitudes, the poor in spirit. Those that know they are in need of a Savior. Not those who think they are self-righteous in their own sake because of what they do. Those that know they need God's mercy and grace. Those that are poor in spirit, that know they need a Savior. The second thing is we're, we'll call it the spirit of baptism. The spirit of baptism. And again, we could have, I didn't want to spend, I could have spent a whole week on each one of these five, but uh, we're not, as of right now at least. The spirit of baptism, notice when he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has what? Anointed me. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Think of what baptism is. When we go underwater, when you're being water baptized, now this isn't talking about water baptism, but water baptism is symbolic of this. When you go completely underwater, what are you? You're immersed and covered by. Okay? Now, who remembers when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist? It says when he came up out of the water. This is when he, right before he was starting his ministry. Okay? God sent him. He was baptized. And immediately after he was baptized, God, the Holy Spirit led him to the desert to be tempted by the devil. And then he began his ministry. Okay? So what happens is he, it's representing our new birth also because this is what happens. As soon as he came up out of the water, the skies opened up and the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, like a dove, it doesn't say it was a dove, okay? We use that, we use that uh, emblem, you know, a dove, but it says it looked like a dove coming down from heaven and it says it lighted on him. Not, I always used to think, you know, it landed on him, but it says it lighted on him. And that word lighting means that it came over and entered and occupied him. That the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit comes and that anointed life came into him. And then God says, this is my son in who I'm well pleased. Now, if those of you that need to uh, help you understand you see the the trinity of the godhead is present in this scene his god one god represented in three there was god the father who opened up the sky and said this is my son who i'm well pleased is jesus in the water coming up getting baptized and it is the holy spirit landing on him okay and lighting and empowering him to do that work all right, because it's the anointing that breaks. It's God's spirit that does all the work. He said, and again, I, I said earlier, it says that it's not by might, 
physical might or power, man's power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Things are broken by the spirit, okay? And then it says this. Uh, the third thing he said was healing, that he came to heal. This is where he said recovery of the sight of the blind, recovery of the sight of the blind. And it's talking about, again, spiritual part, but also physical part. And I like the way it says recovery, because when you recover something, it's something you've had. So you may have had health and got sick, but he says, I've come so you can recover your health. Fourth thing is deliverance. And that's where he says to proclaim the freedom of the what? Prisoners. Deliverance, to set free those that are in bondage of anything. Prisoners, those that are addicted to things. And you could be addicted to more than just drugs. It's those things that, that that's things in your life uh, got a hold of you. But the Bible says that we are to rid ourselves of the things of the heavyweights and the sin that hold us back. So things that, even things that aren't sin are holding us back from our walk with God. So we need to understand we need to be delivered from, and delivered from means that you're in prison to. Okay? The prisoners. If something's got a hold of me that I don't want to have a hold of me, something's holding me back that I need to be set free from. The fifth thing he said was emotional healing. Is emotional healing. <coughs> We get that from where he said to set the oppressed free. And oppressed is, is to be crushed and burdened with something. To set the oppressed free. And it also translates, and in other translations it says, to heal the brokenhearted. Okay? To comfort all who mourn and those who are bruised. So there is also, besides physical healing, there is emotional healing in there. Now, I want, want to show you something else quickly. When, when you're reading it for originally from Isaiah chapter uh, 61, verses 1 and 2, it says all this, but he did not quote, he did not read all of Isaiah uh, verse 2. He stopped in the middle of it. Notice what it says here on your screen and on your paper. You can see he says, I have come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and then he stopped. Notice what it says next. In Isaiah it says, and the day of the vengeance of our God. See, he says, I didn't come to condemn. In the New Testament it says, Jesus came to save the world, not to condemn it. So he's saying, today, this is fulfilled. He says, it's not the judgment of God right now. That's why he stopped before that. He says, but I've come to fulfill all these other things. Now, next on your paper is Luke 4, 42. And this is where he, he again, uh, later on as, as he read these things, it says this. All, Luke 4, 22, I'm sorry. All spoke well of him. And this is right after he says, uh, today the scripture is, is, is fulfilled in your hearing. All of them spoke well of him and were amazed how gracious his words came from his lips. 
How many of you know they were all excited about what he said? But I want you to tell you excitement isn't everything. Because notice what happened with their excitement. All of a sudden they asked this question. Isn't this Joseph's son? You see, they were excited and started and wanted to believe, but then the old enemy came in and said, that's Joseph's son. That's not the Messiah. And they began to doubt who he was. They began to doubt who he said he was. They began not to believe who he said he was because they were looking at the natural situation in life and not re relying on his word. This is what I want you to know. You, you're gonna you, you will receive what you believe. Okay, I want you to understand Jesus paid for your complete freedom on the cross. This includes your eternal salvation, the wholeness of your mind and emotions, and the healing of your physical body. Now, his word says that. He said it, that this is what I've come to do. It's up to you to believe if he meant it. You know, we won't say, oh, is it Joseph's son? But we're going to say, oh, but I've been this way for so long. It's always going to be this way. God can't. And if that's what you believe, that's what you're going to receive here tonight, this morning. But if you believe God's word, the truth will set you free. Believing the truth and holding on to the truth will set you free. If a worship team would start making their way back up here, we're going to anoint you with, uh, and, and pray with you this morning. Just want to continue here. John chapter 11, verse 40 through 44. Brother Darren, if you go ahead and dim the lights for us again, the, the words will be up on the screen. I want you to begin to keep your focus on us, not on them moving around right now. Focus on the word. Then Jesus said, and this is talking about the resurrection of Lazarus, okay? Showing that he has power over death and, and, and life. And uh, he says this, and this is kind of a picture of our uh, rebirth as a person here as we're born again. He says, then Jesus said, did not I tell you that if you, what? What's that word again? Believe. If you believe, you will receive what you believe for. That if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Who needs to see the glory of God in their life this morning? Amen. How many of you believe you're going to receive the glory of God this morning in your life? And he says this. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He says, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. And verse 43 says, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, but notice what, how he came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And this is what Jesus says to them. Again, he's alive. He's been born again. But he came out with some stuff caught up on him from the past life from when he was placed in the grave from the old life. But he's beginning something new. And look what Jesus says. Jesus tells him, take off the grave clothes. Take off what was, was wrapped around his body from before. Take it off 
and let him go. In other words, free him. Because I have, I've, uh, he, he is alive in me now and all that old junk needs to go. But notice what he says. You take it off. He's paid the price for you to release all those things. And he says, y'all take off this grave clothes because I want him free. Oh, boy. I'm going to read something else to you quickly. That uh, some line yet. Second Corinthians, chapter uh, three, verse twelve. It'll be up on the screens. And I want you to understand. Lazarus had what grave clothes covering his face, and he says, "Take this off." He could not see correctly, and that's what the enemy wants you to do. Even in your new life, he wants to blind you to the truth. Remember, Jesus was buried, and his, his, when he got up, it wasn't over his face. It was folded up neatly in the tomb to be found. He, Jesus, when he came out, he wasn't that somebody needed to remove grave clothes. He was totally free. He conquered death. But when we get born again, we still have hang-ups and things in this life that blind us. That old stink of the grave clothes. Because he had been in there three days. It didn't smell good. Okay? Notice what it says. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Our hope is in him. He says, we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the, uh, the end from what was passing. That veil covers and blinds. He says, but their minds were made dull. For to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has, cut, it has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. My freedom comes through Christ that my eyes become unveiled and I can see the truth and walk in the truth. And then verse 15 says, even uh, to this day when Moses is read the veil, verse 60, I'm sorry. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces now, uh, 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 faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are being what? Transformed in e with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is spirit. He wants to take everything, all that old grave flows off of you, all that junk from your past life. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants you to be free. Galatians 5.1 says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Do you, do you see what he's saying? It, he wants you to be free. He set you free, but you need to begin to walk in it. You need to begin to unwrap that old grave clothes and get rid of that. He says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. God says, I want you to continue walking free. I want everyone just to stand to your feet right now. Brother Jerry, Sister Matilda, Brother Alan, Sister Janelle, if you make your way to the front, we just want to 
get ready. We want to anoint you with all and pray with you this morning that God would set you free. Whatever it is that you need. Amen. If I get those guys that we ask for to help stand behind him as we pray. Amen. So those of you, we'll let them gather. If you, if you need something from God today, you're not coming to man, you're coming to God. Amen. That is the Spirit of God that will set you free. So make your way out to your seats and come on up and let's worship God and be set free this morning. And while they're praying right there, I'm going to anoint this worship team because I don't want them to be left out. We're going to anoint them and just pray with them as they're praying right now. So make your way on up here.
contradict what your word says Father God but we believe we have been set free here today and we're going to walk in your freedom from this day forward Father in Jesus' mighty and precious name and everyone says amen amen let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise before we dismiss amen amen God bless you we love you come on out for prayer uh, Wednesday night amen we'll see you then hug somebody's neck before you leave